Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. Today, episode number 121. We are making some progress. We are filing them up, stacking them away in the archives. That's pretty good. Today, we're going to maybe wrap up a story which has had my attention for a few weeks now. Let me start by telling you, in 1944, there was a Nazi who died of cancer in Brigham City, Utah. Ultimately, that Nazi, Paul Eilert, would be moved to Fort Douglas and buried in the Post Cemetery in Salt Lake City, Utah. Now, the thing that makes this story interesting is that since 1944, since he, this Nazi, this German POW, was buried in Salt Lake City in the Fort Douglas Cemetery, atop his grave was a headstone a grave marker. He was elaborate, larger than any of the other buried POWs or those that would come after him. It was paid for by fellow Nazis, others who were also imprisoned here in the state of Utah during World War II. Did you know that? I didn't know that until uh, just a few years ago I learned about this uh, much forgotten chapter of U.S. history, which is that during World War II, that here in the United States, we had, as POWs, almost half a million Axis soldiers and officers and combatants of the Axis powers. Half a million. They were spread all throughout the country. You know those civilian conservation corps camps you see from time to time? Maybe it's a historical sign. But many of those throughout the country, hundreds of them in fact, were repurposed to house prisoners of war. We would have supply ships that would leave from the United States delivering uh, supplies to uh, uh, American fighting forces. And instead of returning empty, they would come home with POWs, captured Axis soldiers. And many of them made it here to Utah. One of them, Paul Eilert, as I mentioned, died of cancer in Brigham City in 1944, and he was buried at Fort Douglas. Now, why, why have I repeated this whole story that we talked about uh, a few weeks ago? Well, it's uh, for two reasons. Number one, that headstone bore a swastika and an iron cross. That's a symbol that you and I know represents hate and evil and some of the lowest, lowest behavior in human history. Evil. Evil. No question about it. In Germany, in fact, the display currently is illegal. Well, since 1944, 
A swastika has adorned a headstone in a cemetery here on U.S. soil. And not only here in Salt Lake City, but at a pair of headstones as well at Fort Sam Houston National Cemetery in San Antonio, Texas. That came to the attention of a number of individuals and organizations who wrote a letter to Congress saying, hey, maybe you could do something about that. Well, there was a hearing. The U.S. House Military Construction and Veterans Affairs Appropriations Committee Chair, that's a mouthful, quite a title, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. You remember her? Former head of the Democratic Party nationwide? Well, uh, in late May, during a meeting of that committee on Veterans Affairs, she made a statement to Veterans Affairs Secretary Robert Wilkie. This is deeply troubling to learn that several VA cemeteries contain graves of German prisoners of war that feature swastikas engraved on the headstones, as well as inscriptions that honor Adolf Hitler. These graves sit right alongside men and women who fought for our country and our ideals, ideals that run counter to everything the swastika and the Nazi ideology represent. And I understand that these, these cemeteries were not under the jurisdiction of VA at the time these headstones were installed, but now that they are under VA's jurisdiction, there is no excuse for VA to continue to maintain these headstones instead of replacing them. In conjunction with this committee hearing, this subcommittee hearing, there was also a letter drafted by various chairmen and ranking members and women of uh, relevant committees signed by many other members of Congress, including uh, Congressman Chris Stewart, with whom we just spoke. And that letter to, addressed to Secretary of Veterans Affairs Robert Wilkie requests that something be done about these headstones. That something be done, specifically that they be removed or altered in a way so that praising words directed towards Adolf Hitler and the swastika and the Iron Cross were no longer visible. We went through the history of, of that, how those headstones came to be, and I suggested a, a solution. And it was essentially that... You and I, as students of history, we are wise enough to understand the context of things and that I wasn't too bothered if those headstones were to stay as long as there were some sort of uh, supplemental signage or maybe even a cover over the headstones. That signage may explain why they are there, why uh, Americans who are going to visit these sacred cemeteries are seeing such symbols of evil and hatred and monstrosity. Well, the VA received that letter from those members of Congress. They have put together a plan, and they have begun the legal process of replacing three German POW headstones. I got this just the other day from the Office of Public and Intergovernmental Affairs communicating on behalf of the Veterans Affairs Committee, or department rather, and it says this. The U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs announced that it will initiate the process required by law to replace three German prisoner of war headstones in national cemeteries in Texas and Utah. Those headstones are controversial because they bear swastikas and other symbols and texts related to the Nazi regime that millions of Americans fought during World War II. The headstones mark the graves of prisoners of war and are located at sites and in cemeteries protected by the National Historic Preservation Act. Now, the reason why that act is referenced in this document here is that initially the VA said, hey, listen, we can't. It's against the law. This is in response to that initial letter from Congress. Listen, we can't. It's against the law. We can't uh, uh, be uprooting this stuff and changing it. That's changing history. Well... The VA has committed to finding a way. Those headstones will be removed. 
And for those of you who, like me, are not in the business of rewriting history and feel that we are, in fact, mature enough to understand context and to, uh, to, to be able to see these headstones and not, and not interpret their presence as some support of the evil those symbols come to represent, well, the VA is sympathetic to that. And so what they are doing, while, yes, removing them from these national cemeteries, specifically those at Fort Sam Houston in Texas and Fort Douglas here in Utah, they will be removed and under recommendation by the VA, they will be preserved as headstones in the National Cemetery Administration History Collection. So they will, uh, in the proper context, be relocated, not destroyed, and those who uh, take offense by their presence in these national cemeteries will be appeased as well. I think uh, that this is a win-win for all involved. I'm grateful to everyone who recognized this as an issue to many and worked together uh, to come to a peaceable solution. So I look forward to the progress to being made by Veterans Affairs Department, as they look to operate within the National Historic Preservation Act and find a way to remove those headstones. Very good. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to be looking at uh, an unfortunate event which took place. You remember on Saturday, a, a police car burned in the streets of Salt Lake City. And then you remember Monday, a hero emerged from the group of protesters and got a group of some two hundred individuals home safe and sound, avoiding conflict with police. Well, what if I told you that person might be one and the same? The villain of Saturday may also be the hero of Monday. Details to come on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.